and welcome back to Literaturistic. This is our second episode where we're talking about the online book community. I'm Alia, your host. And I'm Alifa, your co-host. So before we jump into the topic, um, what are you reading this week? I guess since last time we recorded it, uh, I'm still reading Neverwhere by Neil Gaiman, but I am now a little bit over the halfway point and I'm almost finished with the book, which I'm very much happy about. Have your opinions changed about it? I guess from the beginning, I've like liked uh, Neil Gaiman's writing style. And now that I've uh, nearly finished the book, I've loved it just even more. And I could tell that this is definitely becoming like an instant favorite of mine. So I'm really excited to see how it ends. Oh yeah, so what about you? Um, I'm actually currently reading a book for school, which is Perempuan di Titik Nol, which is for oh, um, our, reading that. Yeah, which is for our Indonesian class. So I guess comparing the book that I'm reading this week and the book that I was reading when we recorded the last episode, it's two very different books, you know. Um, the book that I was reading last week, at least, I regarded it as something that was pretty popular in the book community and now I'm reading something that even I didn't know of. I don't know, I guess it's kind of interesting that I can be sort of versatile, but also as someone that's relatively active in the online book community, it's kind of hard to, I guess, force yourself, force in quotations, to read books that aren't as popular. Yeah, I totally get your point. That brought up, I think, an interesting point about like, you know, finding books that aren't as popular in like Mm -hmm. the book community. And if anything, I think there's something really like great about that or really fun about that because there's no like just overwhelming hype around the book and there's nothing like no expectations you're going into it blind sort of like you really don't know anything about a book and I think that's kind of what I miss a little I guess before the book community I guess right and it's Mm -hmm. it's really interesting to see how like being in this space kind of does affect the way you read in that sense also, well, it's some books, they do have a lot of hype around it and they're great. But then sometimes like that kind of hype, it kind of lets you down. Like the book lets you down when you read it and it's like, oh, it's not as good as everybody says it is. It's really something really fun. I feel like on the contrary, I guess, I don't know if it's just me, but I get kind of like a weird feeling when I read a book that's very highly regarded in the community, but I ended up not liking it. Oh yeah, yeah. I totally get (laughs) There's like this one author that's pretty popular his name is adam silvera i tried oh, reading yeah, yeah. Like, two of his books the first one is they both die at the end and the second one is uh, more happy than not and i didn't really like um any of those so it kind of made me oh is there something wrong with the way i read maybe i just missed the entire point of the book and it just makes me kind of overthink in a way like i know it is so stupid yeah. but it just makes me like is or, maybe, yeah. okay? or maybe it's like oh maybe i'm not smart enough to get it you know what i mean <laughs> yeah, like exactly. maybe it's like maybe i'm not like an intellectual enough to get the messages or maybe this is so deep that i don't get it that kind of thing right yeah. but, but do you have yeah. any of those like maybe yeah. book series or an author that is really popular but you're not really keen on it not really because i feel like uh, although I do like see a lot of that kind of hype around book, like I try to not let that get to me a little, you know. I think sometimes, you know, I do read a book 
and I may I like it a lot, but then I go to the internet and see that oh, a lot of people don't like it, or they think you know they think that this is like really not as good as I thought it was. Okay, now we're really getting into it, like <laughs> the negative sides of the book community. It really, I guess, kind of shapes the way that you read, as you've said before, because yeah, yeah, I um I find after I guess getting into book Twitter, which is you know the book community on Twitter, as you would have probably yeah. guessed. I find that I, in a way, try to satisfy other people because I love tweeting like, oh, I'm reading yeah. this really popular book right now and see, you know, my friends being like, oh my God, you're gonna love it so much. And in a way, it's kind of like validation. It's really yeah. weird. Like, oh, maybe like this person, you know, maybe whether it's like someone on YouTube or whatever, and they really like this book or they really dislike it. But you either like really like it or you hate it. And it's just a feeling like, oh, but I really like this person. I like this book that they hate or whatever. Yeah. But at the same time, like on the other hand, when you do get into like the positives of that kind of thing, I guess, you get to see things from like different way that you never really considered before, which yeah, allows really. you to kind of, yeah, yeah, you learn more about the book that way, right? Or you learn more about like, oh, I never, I never thought about it like that. It gives a more deeper meaning or it gives it yes more depth to the book yeah i feel like the book committee in general it's making a habit of comparing myself to others again as i've said because well i have a few friends on there and um as you know uh we just ended 2020 and i read around like 55 books which i'm pretty happy with but then i go online and see like my oh, yeah, friends yeah. Reading, like so much more like okay i have this one friend her name's alex she read 135 books and i remember yeah and i just feel like so insecure like oh my god why don't i read that much book that Dude, that's book. so funny because like i feel like last year I don't know, it was just kind of a weird year for me when it comes to reading because I feel like I didn't really read a lot of books. And then I got like, and then I went to the internet and you know, like you compare yourself to others, right? So, but then at the other hand, I feel like, you know, I look at the books I did read last year and I think they it's not a lot, but it's still like a lot of those books are much more like wider in variety, if that makes sense. Yeah, and also I feel like with constantly comparing yourself, you kind of forgot that you read for yourself that you read right. for enjoyments because i can't read like a hundred and you don't read you don't read for the numbers at the end of the day like at yeah. least for me because i like to read for enjoyment right since i've started kind of counting the amount of books i've read in a year it's it kind of started becoming like oh i have a target a goal i want to reach it right yeah. then, mm. i guess last year it was a good it was also a good year in the sense that like I kind of learned that, you know, it's not about the numbers, it's about how much you enjoy the book, it's about how much, you know, you're able, what you're able to get from the book itself. Aside from comparing how much, how many books that you've read in a year, there's also a kind of sense of how much books you have, because, oh, there are these special edition books and maybe like collectors, and I'm just sitting here like, oh, oh I, yeah, read it, yeah. I read it like online, I, I listened to an audiobook, and that's way more cheaper, but I don't have that sense of having it in my hands, if that makes sense. In a weird way, like the book community or whatever you want to call it, it kind of does promote like consumerism, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's totally. so weird because it's like, you know, all these people on Instagram or whatever, and they get, they get all these books, they get those kind of, you know, like those boxes where people get yeah. sent books and with like all these like 
goodie bags in them or whatever and you're just like oh i have to get that like i have to get that book i want to get that limited edition book so bad or whatever it is and it's like oh you know it just kind of makes you want to buy it more which is so weird i feel like the people who kind of perpetuates this kind of lifestyle in a way is booktubers which is you know book youtubers um i think yeah. a great point <laughs> that you that you brought up is consumerism which is this one youtuber i think we've talked about this before in uh, read with cindy i feel i think oh, she, yeah. i think she talked about how she saves books sorry i mean saving money not saving books what you have to save money by not having a lot of books and i think she only has like five or seven in her bookshelf while comparing other booktubers and seeing like an entire wall and it's just like insane because do you really need that many books i see some of these people having like three copies of the same book and i'm just sitting here like why you're waste. You're kind of wasting your money because you can buy Honestly, more books. And yeah. I think it's like it's totally fine if it's like, oh, you you're a collector. You know, you want to get. It's what makes you happy, right? But at the end of the day, there is like, I think there's always going to be a conversation about consumerism, just because it's like you know, at this day and age, it's hard not to have that kind of conversation, right? I see. I see reading as kind of like a more practical thing because I don't. I personally don't really see the points in having like so many books and just kind of wasting my money in a way. So it's hard not to criticize other people for having multiple copies of books because it just kind of feels like you're wasting your money, even though maybe that is what yeah. makes you happy. But well, I guess speaking from the other side, I do love like buying books. I guess I'm not to I'm not that much of like a like crazy collector. You know, I buy. I think it is really fun to have this like you know bookshelves and bookshelves of books if that really is like what you want right you know what i guess at the end of the day books are just something that it's just your it's for enjoyment you know it's for what for your happiness you do what you want i don't know in a way it, it does make me happy to you know see my bookshelves arranged and seeing like a lot of books but also i don't know it kind of makes me guilty for spending so much money if i were in their position but yeah i guess that's why we're different people from different world. <laughs> I totally get it though. I mean, because a lot of those uh, type of like, I guess, influencers, is that what you yeah. call them? I guess you can they call get them that. Sent books, right? They get sent books, they get sent like early copies or whatever. Uh, what are those like, what are they called? Like, um, you know, oh, before I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking right? about. You know, arcs? Name. arcs? Is that what they're called? Oh, no, arcs. arcs. Arcs, yeah. Yeah, they get sent those like early copies of books before they're published. And I guess that's another thing to talk right, talk about, right? Because like in a way, they do have like a relationship with publishers in the hopes that they will promote those books to their audiences. These influencers, so-called, has has a power, right, to advertise things, even if they don't do it on purpose. And I don't know. I feel like with the rise of these online communities, it's become something more like a visual aspect because you see these booktubers you know like posing with their books and you know having perfect bookshelves just to take pictures of them oh i just it made me what is it it just made me remember like something that, that happened i guess like a booktuber who got like really popular in the community was like given a deal or something to publish their own book and then i think she got into like I think a lot of people like had a conversation, I guess, about, I think that's happening a lot, you know, like, oh, these people, they're only getting these deals because they're famous, you know, are they taking oh, yeah. it away from the other authors who are really talented, but maybe they're not as 
they're not famous, you know, or they're not popular. Because I think she got a lot of like criticism from people, I guess, about her book also about like, how, oh, the only ones buying it are her fans or the only ones liking it are her fans. And, you know, you can't, and people were kind of iffy about even criticizing the book because, you know, she's a creator. She's like, you know, she's from YouTube. You know, you want to support her or whatever. Yeah, people, really want to, people want to support their like creators, right? They want to support the people they've been watching for years and years and years. And then like, when they do create something, you want them to succeed in that. But then it's like, maybe if, I guess, well, or maybe just in general, maybe if that product wasn't as good as people expected it to be. I recently started watching this YouTuber. I don't think she could be considered a booktuber, more like a commentary. And she reviews these um, YouTuber books. And uh, I think a point that she brought up that was like kind of interesting is that her fans send in their work to be criticized because I think that's what she specializes in. She criticized literature works. And she said that some of her fans <laughs> wrote things that are so much better than these YouTuber books. And that kind of makes me think, you know, like these are fans of a small YouTuber. And these are the YouTubers that have the power to publish their own books, which maybe it's not really their passion or it's not really something they're good at, you know? It's such a shame because um, succeeding in writing and basically in the art industry is really hard, but these people already have a platform and they don't really support those that are, I guess, below them in a way. I think in general, there's always these, these kind of these kinds of things happening, not just in the book community, but in like, I guess, social media in large, because there's always like, whatever it is, right? There's always these kind of situation where the ones that are more popular, they get more opportunity rather than, you know, I'm not saying that there are more quote unquote famous ones aren't talented or aren't whatever but it does raise an interesting question about like who deserves it right that's i guess that's the main thing to underline is like do these people deserve it or does it you know do, do other people deserve it and i think you know i think that's really interesting to consider yeah but also on the other hand there is always an audience for that you know maybe maybe personally i can look at books that are written by youtubers and think like oh this is so shallow but maybe there are a market for those quote-unquote shallow books you know i don't know in my opinion i feel like they're just in it for the money which is like okay if you want right right, right. it's totally okay by the way i'm not trying to say this in like a negative yeah. way i feel like it's one thing to write about maybe your experience on being an influencer or something but it's another thing to write a fictional book that specifically i guess caters to the book community i think what is it for for those kind of like whenever youtuber was basically writing a book sometimes it just feel it just feels really ingenuous you know is this something that you did put like actual effort in or is this just like another cash grab right it's okay if you're if you're like chasing the back, quote unquote, <laughs> but also what you're doing is kind of overshadowing people that is actually good in it and wants to do it as a job, you know, because exactly right. I feel like outside of reading physical books, I also read a lot on, oh my God, this is going to be so embarrassing, like AO3 <laughs> or like Webpad. Yeah, like there are genuinely like a lot of good things there. They're like so well written and especially I can't believe, <laughs> I can't believe I'm admitting this, especially if it's like fan fiction and you're like not following the There's canon or something. They're genuinely good. I've read fan fiction that are written better than books before. Like yeah. I've read 
so many fan fiction that just have like better character development, just better writing in general. And those people are like just writing for fun. They're not getting anything for it. That's the, that's the whole thing. These fan fiction writers, they're doing it because they like to do it. They want to do it. There's people out there who wants them to do it. And that's, and that's really cool to see actually. Or it's not really something that you can say like, oh, look what I did, you know, 10 years from now yeah. or 20 years from now. I remember I have a friend that I think said one of the best works of literature she's ever read, she found on AO3. And that's like kind of <laughs> insane to think about. But I guess coming back with the way I reacted with being like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm, I'm admitting to reading fan fiction, kind of self-reflecting on myself. Like, why did I think that was an embarrassing thing? Because I'm talking about it in a positive way because it's genuinely something that should be taken seriously and should be maybe used as like some kind of portfolio or an experience in writing because it's really cool. So many people out there are willing to just give out free content. Yeah, it gets undermined a lot because, oh, fanfiction is so stupid because um, recalling the conversation that we had in the last episode, we kind of talked about these Indonesian fanfiction writers being actually published in bookstores and most of it being kind of bad. It's it's almost kind of like a different genre, you know, like good fanfictions and bad fanfictions. And they shouldn't at be the same time, together. I guess at the same time, we, I feel like, okay, now that maybe was a bit hypocritical of us, maybe. But at the same time, <laughs> yeah. if someone enjoyed, you know, enjoys reading that, if someone also loved writing it and they get to make, I guess, a product out of it, then why not? right? Yeah, I think overall, it's just something that I feel like shouldn't be made it's an interesting, of. And yeah, it's an interesting topic, definitely. Yeah. When you, like, you see fanfictions in AO3, they're like thousands of thousands of thousands of words. Oh, and there are <laughs> even, like, fanfiction of books, which is, like, books written of books. And that's, that's so <laughs> true, that's so cool. For me personally, also, fanfiction is something that actually helped me get into yeah. reading a lot, I think. It's something that um, Rainbow Rowell kind of talked about in her book, Fan girl because oh, yeah, you're yeah. writing a fan fiction right and the fan fiction in her book actually is made into an actual book so like yeah that's really cool that we get sort of a, a representation of quote-unquote fandom culture in books and media oh isn't there like oh you know, like those famous books that have been published and like you re you find out later that they were actually fan fiction like 50 shades oh that's yeah. a famous example <laughs> of a fan fiction being like getting published right yeah and, and becoming famous like people don't realize it until like later on that it's actually fan fiction right um after two after by anna todd oh yeah yeah that i feel like, <laughs> I feel like everybody everybody knew that was fan fiction though like yeah i don't know in a way those movies they give kind of a bad rep to fan fiction because in a way it focuses too exactly. much. Exactly. Actually, I think that brings up another interesting topic about like a lot of like, at least in the mainstream, to put a spotlight on the fan fictions that are kind of like, they don't really represent the healthiest of relationships or or yeah. whatever, you know what I mean? That they perpetuate just like the most like shallow kind of stereotypes. And I think that's really, also that's really interesting, you know, to see what gets chosen to be pushed to the mainstream yeah and what gets chosen to be like popular or whatever yeah i guess it also kind of says a lot that romance is the predominant genre oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. i really like rarely read 
like romance fan fiction, honestly. Yeah, but I, I was watching like this one video essay and it kind of talked about how we are kind of stereotyped as teenage girls to be focused on romance and to find like the two people that we can ship together because that is what interests most people. And I guess taking the romance parts of these fan fictions and then just putting it into a movie and I don't know, ignoring maybe the fan fiction that focuses maybe on things that are not romance, it just kind of gets mm. like overshadowed and I guess kind of pushes the stereotype that fan fiction is shallow and you know, even yeah. in the online book community in general that all teenage girls only cares about, you know, these relationships right, right. that maybe are perpetuates, It perpetuates it. I think um, what you said before also kind of brings up an interesting topic because well, I feel like, I don't know, both of us don't really like romance that much when it is a very popular genre in the book community, which is okay, totally okay. How do you, as a book reader that that knows of the book community and these romance books that are popular, how do you see that and be like, oh, I don't really like romance, but I have kind of, quote-unquote, an obligation to read it in order to know what these people are discussing about, what they're talking about? Well, I guess personally, a little bit, I'm always a little bit out of the loop. To be honest. Yeah, me too. I only want to read books that I want to read. You know, I don't want to like force myself to read something that I know I won't enjoy just for the sake of being able to like participate in something. I don't know. Personally, I feel like I am also pushed to read these books in order to understand what they're talking about. Because um, if you're in the book community, you know, there are like some really big titles that basically everyone in the book community knows. But I haven't read it, for example, A Court of Thorns and Roses. And oh, yeah, that's a big the, one. The, a Shadow, big one. <laughs> the Shadow Hunters Chronicles, is that what it's called? I think oh, I got it wrong. Honestly, like those two books in particular, I think is a great example because I always hear about them, right? I think I tried reading The Shadow Hunters once and I was like, nope, it's not for me. I can't do this. I didn't even finish one book and I just dropped <laughs> it. Those series are just are long they're yeah, so long lot. i'm not i'm just not forcing myself to read like 10 plus books you know what i mean just for the sake of being able to participate in a discussion that i know that i won't like is i don't i don't really like fantasy stories that has a fantasy world i would prefer it if if maybe like two characters maybe have some sort of like supernatural power or something like that but i don't really like a story where they have a fantasy world and i guess Fantasy is a really big part of, you know, these genres that are highly regarded in the book community. I guess a part of me is like, oh, I don't really care if I don't understand what they're saying, but I get shoved these like content from other books that I don't understand. Right. And I feel like a part of me is like, oh my God, I'm missing out so much. I guess the book community is kind of a very specific case because maybe kind of the equivalent of that is film Twitter, but also it's two very different cases because maybe you can finish a film in like, what, two hours. But if a book, it's it's a commitment. You can't do you know? that, right? Yeah, you can't do that. The fear of missing out in both of those communities, I feel like it's very different. And I don't know, it's very interesting to me because... I don't know, I feel like the genres that I like isn't very common. And I feel like that stops me from being a full-on person in the book community, if that makes sense. I get what you, I get what you mean. But I guess also on the flip side of that, it is it doesn't allow you to kind of like, you know, when you do explore different genres that are maybe not as popular, it allows you to kind of build your own opinions, right? It's so interesting because I found 
my own community in the book community, especially the classics community, I've been finding these booktubers that I guess specializes on classic stories and and it's so interesting to find these subgroups and it's just a place where I, f- I really feel like oh this is where I'm supposed to be and like that's really cool but I think it's kind of hard to find because there are so many genres out there you know and I don't know if every genre has its own subgroup and I guess I was lucky enough to find one for myself but there's a whole lot of people that are probably feeling the same as me but don't find their own community and their own group you know I think yeah I think this all just goes back to you know why people join fandoms or communities or these kinds of like groups in the first place is because they want to be like included in something right I feel like a thing that's really prominent in the book community is reading challenges because i see the yeah. challenges that are like reading 30 books in a week that is like i feel like in a way it kind of makes everything so much more like competitive if that makes sense yeah. i guess that also goes back to what she's but we've talked about earlier about like, uh, you know, oh, my friend reads this much book this year and I only read this much, you know. But with reading, <laughs> parties, I feel like there's an element of winning and failing. And I don't know, mm-hmm. I guess for me, failing is such a big fear of mine that I don't even try to do these reading challenges. And I guess that's kind of like one of the very toxic parts of book community is that people are starting to read to say that they read not because they want to read because for myself i can't read like a hundred books in a year i just can't do that because i have school and i have other things you know but i'm happy with the amount of books i read this year i don't try to do any of those kind of challenges because i think the moment i do that is just about completing it and it's about being able to reach whatever goal you set up is and it's not about the book itself anymore it's kind of funny because i kind of got into that slump earlier in 2020 i started forcing myself to read books that i'm not really interested in but i forced myself to read it because i have a target last year i think a positive side of you know this argument is that the online book community is starting to realize how bad this mindset is and from my own experience from what i've seen they've actively started to change their mindset and be like hey we're reading for enjoyment and not just for the sake of reading so i guess that's a really positive note to end on right yeah so um before we you know finish this podcast since alia did the recommendation last week i will do it this week and my recommendation will be a book that i actually mentioned in my uh, profile on instagram which is 10 minutes 38 seconds in this strange world by uh, i'm sorry i have to look at the book i can't pronounce the name i'm so sorry i don't want to butcher yeah i just wanted to recommend this book because i think like it's one of my favorite books of last year i think so basically it's just a really interesting just exploration about childhood and life in general i think because there's a lot of conversations about like sexuality femininity and uh you know living in a kind of religious setting or household there's also just a really amazing group of characters i think it's so interesting and i i really enjoyed uh the author's writing style it's about this the main character's last few moments in life basically and the author does this thing so well where she's kind of like um kind of weaving the senses into her writing and she relates that to the main character's childhood so 
the main character remembers these um, experiences and events in her life through senses. And I think that's such an interesting thing. I love the way the author writes this and I think it's so cool. And I enjoyed the way the book ended and I just enjoyed everything about it. I didn't expect it at all. It was just a book I picked up in a whim really. So yeah, if any of you are interested in reading that, I totally recommend it. Wow, that sounds really sad. I don't know, personally, I can't do sad <laughs> books because I'll start crying. It sounds yeah. really sad, but it's honestly, there's something about it that it, it is bittersweet because you know she dies and everything, but there's something really like, I guess, celebratory. I don't know how to say it. Like you celebrate this character's life. You know what I mean? Even though she does face a lot of challenges, it is a celebration kind of of her of of her friends if that makes sense there was a moment there was like a lot of her friends she has these group of friends and it's like and it's really cool seeing how they interact with each other and also before you know before this podcast ends i also not want to kind of i i don't want to also recommend a book i actually want to recommend there's this channel on youtube <laughs> i guess that kind of talks about a lot of the issues we were talking about today so this a YouTuber called uh, Jess Owens. She talks about the book community a lot. So, you know, if you're interested in learning more about the book community or you're just interested to hear more about the drama that goes on, I I recommend that channel if you're interested. That's just like a last note. The drama is kind of interesting, but also kind of sad because a lot of them are very unimportant. And sometimes you're just sitting there like, why is this? Why is this happening? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, it's so weird. Oh, but oh yeah, this the YouTuber I mentioned before. She also discusses like I guess publishing issues, oh. and she also talks about you know authors not only about the community, uh, the publishing world, as in like when it comes to diversity or issues regarding that, especially right. Basically, she just does this like a series on her YouTube called Book Community, and I guess it's pretty general because oh she talks a lot. She talks a lot about publishers also and like i guess the publishing world and if that's something you're interested in i totally like you know recommend it because it's really it honestly really is interesting yeah especially in this day and age that would be good book recommendation and good book youtuber recommendation um (laughs) i feel like i don't know hearing the book that you recommended that sounds really sad i don't understand how that wouldn't be sad it is really sad and i think (laughs) that's one of the joys of it have you ever cried over a book i i have (laughs) i guess for a long time ago it was like more easier for me to cry especially when it's like a series you kind of you know you stay with these characters for oh, so long so you like just end ha- up so like really cries yeah or sometimes it's really sad because you know something happens and you're just like so upset but I, one book I can remember that I did cry in was this historical fiction uh, book called All the Lights You Cannot See. Oh, yeah, I've heard and, of that. Ah, it's so good. It's so good. And I cried. I really did cry in that book after that book ended. I can proudly say I've only cried on one book. The other book I teared up on, I don't know if that counts as crying. <laughs> what? Only teared up. Surprisingly enough, actually. Um, the book I teared up on is The Secret History, which I mentioned was one of my favorite yeah. books. And it's not even sad. It was just very surprising to me. It's funny, actually. I, I realize I don't really cry that much, like, in real life. I do get emotional when it comes to books or movies. Okay, I'm not even, I'm not ashamed to even say this. Like, there was a part during X-Men, X-Men and all things. You know when, when Eric's, oh like, when his fam- Eric, his family got killed or whatever? I don't know. That part, I, I, I don't know why. I I don't know why but i cried okay and every time in and in doctor who when like the doctor regenerates i cry i always do 
Oh my god, okay. Now that you bring up Doctor Who, you know what I cried on? I cried on Sherlock. Ah, dude! <laughs> yeah, okay, I totally get it. Okay, this is like the longest If you listen to the very end, wow, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why we ended up talking about crying. Um, <laughs> yeah, thanks for listening. Um, see that was you really fun. Yeah. See you next episode. See you next. Bye, thank you. Bye.